I don't know. What, what am I saying? Who are you? What's your name? I don't know. What, what do people I don't know. need to know? Maybe we should go and listen to other podcasts <laughs> and see how they start. Hello, welcome to La Pod. It's a brand new podcast we're going to be putting out from down here in the basement of La Pub twice a month. We're going to be talking to our staff, our community, local bands, local artists, and anyone we think is interesting. Yes, yes, welcome, welcome to episode number 16 of La Pod. Proper excited for this one, as well as proper nervous. All the peas there, really making the mic do its work. Um, yeah, someone who I personally have respected for a long, long time. Been listening to him on the radio, been kind of following his work, BBC Radio 1. Still holds the record for the youngest BBC Radio 1 presenter. Started working there at age 17. Mental, can't imagine it. I can't imagine working anywhere at age 17, let alone BBC Radio 1. It's insane. Um, and he's still with the BBC now. He's kind of the super sub for literally anyone who can't make their show. Um, he's still on Radio 6 quite often. And as he mentions at the end of the show, he has his weekly Thursday night um, show on BBC Radio Cymru. Um, that's at half six till nine. Check that out. He's worked with literally A-listers from all over the world in the world of music and, and all sorts of media and culture from Katy Perry to Beck to Moby to... You name it, Bullet For My Valentine, name a band, I can almost guarantee that he's met them, spoken with them, worked with them, and they probably like him, to be honest. Um, and his name is Hugh Stevens. We had a fantastic chat. Uh, I'd like to thank him once again, publicly, for giving little old Lapod some of his time. Um, we really do appreciate it. Um, and I was a bit nervous. going to be honest and upfront with you, but he made me feel right at home, comfortable, um, in the interview seat with him the other end, which was very strange. But yeah, it was great. We talked about everything, including... But I think it's good to um, for artists to do those interviews, especially with people like yourself who care about them, because it's almost like when you say things out loud, they become a reality. It's almost like a band meeting, I think. I remember... Ricky Gervais walking down the street and I was a big fan of his comedy at the time and I was like, oh my god, you know, it's like middle of extras in the office and that and I just blanked him, you know, just like I think I gave him a dirty look, so mm, like that. I was talking to another learner in, from Swansea recently who said that oh, she started learning Welsh and suddenly like road signs make complete sense to her, road signs she grew up with and words that she grew up with which she didn't understand at all she's like, oh of course, that means that yeah, yeah, that's fine, you know Right, let's get on with the episode, because honestly, I could make this intro last forever. He's just done so much. I haven't even mentioned his work with Soon Festival, and Green Man, and starting Deed Music Cymru, and, oh, and his stuff on the story of Welsh Art on BBC iPlayer. Slip that in there, because you need to go watch it. He really wants you to, I really want you to, and it's really good. You should. So, we're going to jump in. Quickly before that, as this is the first episode since reopening the pub, so big thank you for everyone that's come out. The weather has been shocking since we opened the doors. I've got soaked and I've only been serving the drinks, so I don't know how wet you guys must have been sitting out there drinking them, but we appreciate it. Um, and we're really more than happy to be back open again. Fingers crossed that um, Welsh Government get their act together and allow us to put some shows on. 
in whatever form that may be, we're open to it. Welsh Government, hit us up, tell us what we need to do, because we'll do it. I personally am dying to get back to a gig. Um, but that was a ramble. Uh, I meant to say thank you. So thank you. Wicked. Let's get on with episode 16 with Hugh Stevens. Great. So I am joined by Hugh Stevens, a man who needs no introduction, even though I'm sure I just gave him a long, glowing one in, in the introduction just now. How you doing? You okay? Hey, Ben. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I haven't heard the glowing intro, so <laughs> thanks. And also, how dare you? <laughs> I haven't heard it, so I don't know. I'm just covering my tracks there. I think it was Minty the Bros together, wasn't it, Ben? It was, yeah, yeah, because he actually cancelled on me. And then he said, but I'm going for a walk with Hugh Stevens. I was like, ah, okay, ah. I'll... um." I'll let you off for that one, yeah. So thanks, Minty, actually. You really hooked me up, yeah. Well, he's a lovely guy, isn't he? He's a proper lovely guy. Yeah, yeah he is, yeah. And the, the record holder for the longest episode of Le Pod thus far. Oh, really? How long is that? <laughs> Man, it clocked it. It went over three hours, that one. Oh, my God. Yeah, he just Don't worry, went. everyone. This is not going to be three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot shorter, this one. <laughs> No, but it was good stuff, man. That's the beauty of a podcast, isn't it? I guess you just you just go and go and and see what comes up. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Because like, I remember when podcasts were the new thing like ten years ago. Yeah, and um, we didn't really know what it was. We thought it was a download, and right, I, I did the first ever Radio One podcast. But I did not know that it was. Well, yeah, I didn't till recently, to be honest. I didn't realize at the time because it was a free, we called it a free download, but essentially it was a podcast. But, um, yeah, it's like being from a radio background, like a proper pan the pun radio head, like podcast have just completely changed the idea of an interview, which is right. so good because before, like, you know, when you hear an interview on the radio. It's got to be like two minutes or yeah. ten minutes, or you know, mm-hmm. there's always an, sometimes twenty or whatever. There's always an allocated time, um, and so the free form, just go for it, is such a lovely and interesting way of. It's just normal, isn't it? It's just chatting to people, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess it is normal. But was it kind of um, not uncomfortable? But was it like a foreign concept to you after coming from radio for so long and having those little kind of short interviews was it weird for you or it was yeah it, it, it takes a bit of changing uh changing disciplines darling um <laughs> you know yeah i suppose it's like going from writing a three minute pop song to yeah. somebody going just jam for a bit yeah write, write a symphony or something uh, yeah, a 20 yeah, minute yeah. long yeah 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 so it's just that change but once you get your head around it and i love podcasts and um just being able to uh, really get to know somebody and all of that. You know? Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's it's very different to a mind you. I love a radio interview as well. I love a, a Steve Wright in the afternoon, yeah. five minute boom boom boom. Who are you? What are you doing? Get out my studio type interview True. as well. There is a beauty to that. Yeah, yeah. Where, where you have to hit the, the the big topics and and move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a reason why it's been the mainstream for so long. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking of podcast though, you are. My first guest that is a shared guest of Scroobius Pip, which okay. is a big deal for me. I am a huge fan of, of the Distraction Pieces podcast and uh, and Pip. Yeah. So yeah, me too. I mean, I love Scroobius Pip. He's um he's a complete one off, isn't he? Oh, and yeah. uh, he's such an interesting fella. And so when he asked me to go on his Distraction Pieces podcast, yeah, I couldn't believe it really, because um, he's interviewed so many interesting people. Um, yeah. 
and obviously, you know, I, I did not consider myself to be in that category. Oh, really? Um, me? You uh, me? Yeah, exactly. And um, but we had a lovely chat, and he's, you know, we we bonded over. Um, well, loads of things, really, but we met each other through me playing him on the radio, well, me right. along with lots of other DJs as well, because Scroobius Pip and Dan Lassac were awesome. So, yeah, yeah it was yeah. nice chatting to him. Um, and, yeah, I love how, um, how how disarming he is, you know? How, like... Really gets you kind com- of comfortable. Yeah, completely puts you at ease and just... Just chats. That's a good podcast, isn't it? It's probably one of the best ones, isn't it? Distraction pieces. I think so. Yeah, it's it's up there for me for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, kind of going on from from what you said about um, how he's had so many guests. Like you yourself have had so many guests and interviewed so many people and had contact with countless artists. Is there one that stands out as kind of the most nerve wracking? Maybe the one that meant the most to you? Someone who who you highly respected yeah i mean i've been doing interviews with people um since we started session in wales so it's like 22 years ago so yeah lots of interviews um i mean this diff every interview is different you know because um sometimes when i was doing daytime radio one they'd be like okay you're in for greg james in the afternoon next week and we've got katie perry booked in as a guest on wednesday And you'd be like, okay, yeah, I've, I've heard of her. I know she's amazing. You know, I've yeah. seen all the videos. She's number one. She's like the world's biggest pop star. Oh, my God, oh my God. And you kind of work yourself up into a <laughs> into a thing. And then, um, you know, Katy Perry turns up with like 18 people in tow, you know, oh, including wow. like a makeup artist, a couple of security guards, a couple of people from the record label. It soon adds up. Um, so that's interesting because it's completely out of my depth, really, yeah. you know. It's like being, I described it as being like going on holiday, um, where, <laughs> you know, I was used to interviewing Pulled Apart by Horses, and, yeah. uh, or, you know, Sweet Baboo, or Trash Talk, or Kate Le Bon, or, you know, lots of bands that I loved and would play at night. Yeah. And people that I genuinely wanted to find out about and chat to and go and see them live and whatever. And then suddenly they go, right, you've got to interview or do something fun with... Somebody who's been interviewed, well, that's their, that's their job, is being interviewed by people like me. And therefore, of course, they're lovely, you know? Yeah. So when people say, who's the worst person you've interviewed? I haven't really met anyone or interviewed anyone <laughs> because everybody's in it for the right reasons. Everybody's yeah, yeah. nice and it's the train going past. It's the Cardiff oh. trains going past. Um, ambience, lovely. People ambience, yeah. So that's the sound effects CD that is in the background. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everybody's lovely. Um so in terms of people, I interviewed Beck uh, oh, okay. at Made of Vale. And Beck was, I loved Old Delay's, uh, his Old right. Delay album. In, yeah. I think it came out when I was in, definitely in school. So I would have, it would have been 1995, 96, I think it was. And um, still one of my favourite albums. So to meet Beck and get him to sign my copy of Old Delay was, uh, was really special. Yeah, it was really Amazing. great. Um, but, you know, like, I... Yeah, I love interviewing. It's, it's always a, it's always an honour when you get to interview musicians that you love chatting to. So anytime I get to chat to Eros Childs from Gorky's is always a right. treat. Yeah. Um, you know the same with um, Griff Griff Reese, who's also my cousin from Super Furry Animals. Ever. Yeah. Wow. 
But oh, obviously, yeah. I'm a big fan of his music. So when yeah, I get to yeah. chat to him about music, it's a huge pleasure. Yeah. And the same with James from the Manics as well, you know, right. and Nicky. And it hasn't happened that often. I haven't interviewed James and Nicky that much. Um, but, but, yeah, there's a thing as well with music where if you love somebody, if you love their music, I think you try and act... If you meet those people, you try and act cool in front of them, don't you? Yeah, for sure. And um, mm. I do that. If I see somebody I admire, like, I remember... Ricky Gervais walking down the street and I was a big fan of his comedy at the time and I was like, oh my God, you know, it's like middle of extras in the office and that and I just blanked him, you know. So <laughs> I think I gave him a dirty look. So, no, no. Oh, you know. Yeah, and I've been in a lift with Steve Coogan as well, you know, and you're like, blanked him, just completely ignored him because <laughs> I just did not know what to say. But that's the thing with you. Like, you say when you meet these people that you respect, you kind of act cool. You've been in around them so long and so frequently that it would be impossible to, to, to keep up any sort of facade and stuff. Like, it must just be you at this point, surely. Yeah, that's true. And I think a lot of people that I've interviewed, we, we chat at the start of, or, you know, when I used to do the Radio 1 show, we chat at the start of their musical trip. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so they, often, you know, there was no ego and there was no um, fame thing. I remember right. when... Um, Riz Ahmed, Riz MC, who's obviously an incredible actor now. He's in Sound yeah. of Metal and mm -hmm. um, Oscar nominated. Yeah, uh, Oscar nominated, wow. yeah, and all of that. And I remember when he was coming in to do sessions for me when he was an MC. Yeah, you know, he was just, and I'm sure he'd probably be the same now as well because, like the best artists, the ones often who've got nothing to worry about, there is no silly silliness, there is no hassle, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just they're just in it for the art and for the love of doing it, and so um, it's a it's a pleasure to chat to people. Then, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, that's true. So go, going from that end of the spectrum, from Katy Perry and Beck, like you say, you've obviously had a huge wealth of experience in interviewing smaller, up and coming kind of first time bands as well. And that's more my deal on the podcast so far: interviewing bands that maybe haven't even released an EP or kind of are just gearing up for their first tour or whatever. And it's a pleasure, as you say, but it can be kind of tricky sometimes as well. They might not have as much in the bank. They might not have achieved a whole lot yet. They might be even a little less confident to speak on, on a podcast interview session, not experienced there. Have you had, oh, of course you've had experience there, but what, what would you say both to, to people like myself who are doing those interviews and to people who are the artists in those kind of interviews? Is there any kind of tips or anything you've learned over the years for, for those kinds of things? I think when you're starting out, you're the most honest and the most um, real version of you there is probably because nobody's interfering with your music. And although you might yeah. want to be interfered with, like musically, you might want managers and people, to, you know, video directors and stuff. At the moment, when you're starting off, that's when you're making it because you really want to make the music, whether you're an MC or a band or uh, even like a visual artist or whatever. I guess yeah. you know you're 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 sort of you're you're human. <laughs> That's yeah. not to say that bigger artists are not human. Of course they are, but there's a there's a kind of um, it's kind of vulnerability and a kind of rawness there, which yeah. um, relatability, I guess. Yeah, relatability mm. and. 
in terms of stuff to talk about, I know what you mean because uh, you know there's no things to refer back to, and there's no I yeah, saw you at this gig or, or this third album or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. How was that tour supporting that band in that venue? Because maybe those gigs haven't happened yet. Yeah. But I think it's good to um, for artists to do those interviews, especially with people like yourself who care about them, because it's almost like when you say things out loud they become a reality. It's almost like a band yeah. meeting, I think. So asking about aspirations and asking about, obviously, musical influences and what they're trying to achieve musically is uh, is really important. Um, and it helps artists, I think, kind of find their voice. And then you've got the other side, which is, like, interview technique. So mm. people, you know, people say, oh, you know, people need media training and stuff. And I don't think that's true because I think... If anything, like home recording and um, podcasts and recording at home has just made people understand their voice a bit better. Um, So there's just a bit of, yeah, I think an artist has to want to do an interview to say yes, don't they? There's nothing worse than somebody saying, yeah, "Yeah, we'll do an interview and then not playing along or not when I say playing along, not just not wanting to chat or whatever. That's frustrating. Mm. That's yeah. only happened a few times to me, but um yeah, you've got to want to do it. And then you've just got to chat. Um yeah. and force yourself to chat, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. It's it, I've it's come up on the podcast before with um Connor Latcham actually from Rainbow Maniac where we talked about the the characteristics we like to see in these the rock stars was the term we used where kind of you don't want them to be hugely forthcoming all the time like you don't want them to 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 be the boy next door sometimes no but then that kind of makes our lives a bit harder as well so there's there's a a thin line a balance between the two you know what i mean yeah but i think the artist always has is holding the cards aren't they you know i think the artist can be as aloof or as yeah interesting as you know because there's nothing worse than a well-trained i've done interviews with bands and sometimes i can tell if they've been you know media trained especially if they're on a, if they were signed to a label or something back in the day and there was yeah. money involved you'd be like do you know what they were really nice and really pleasant but god it was boring <laughs> i'd rather having liam gallagher rock up when he was oh, starting yeah. oasis and being the real deal you know yeah and i think there's um I think people appreciate real, don't they? And they appreciate hearing people's real voices. So I'm not saying you have to be polite and say yes and thanks to everything. Mm. I'm just saying that you have to... You've got to be on the same page in a little in a little bit as the person who's interviewing you. They're interviewing you because they like you normally yeah. um, and because they want to provide, you know, give you, give you a platform to say what you want, stuff you've got to say. So if sure. you haven't got anything to say... You're gonna have to dig and find. You're gonna have to dig a little bit deeper and find stuff to say. To say, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was reading something the other day. Might have been today actually about uh, Saint Vincent. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure this is true yet, but it, it said that on one of her press tours, she got journalists to like crawl through this kind of pink tunnel into like a, a pink box where you'd hear like a, an audio recording before you could even start the interview about rules of recording or something i don't know but it sounded proper like trippy and wow surreal but oh that's cool that's, that's one way of starting an interview i guess yeah 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 that's cool and i you guess for that the, if, she, yeah. if she gives you the call yeah of course <laughs> i suppose there's some stuff that if you are saint vincent level you can get away with 
as well, you know. Yeah, true. If I asked you to do that before this interview, Ben, I'm sure you'd say, no, thank you very much. <laughs> I'd still be crawling through that pink tunnel all the way to Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. And, and also, journalists love that. Like, um, Do you remember when Rihanna flew loads of journalists around the world in a private plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave them loads of booze and took them to loads of different countries, but didn't give them an interview. Yeah. I don't think she gave anybody an interview. And that yeah. was the story then. Like, that yeah, was front true. page news, and it was in all the music mags, and it was on telly, and it's like, you know, our 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 journalist trips, hell. But that was the story. That yeah. It's pretty genius from Rihanna as well, isn't it? Not having to give a single it. interview, but still yeah. front page. That's it. Very it's top clever. level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is great. So, pivoting a little bit then... Um, because during lock, lock, lockdown hasn't seemed to slow you down a huge amount. Like you've had several different projects on the go and stuff. One of them being the the history of art in Wales on on BBC. Um, was that must have been filmed before lockdown? Was no, it? No, it was filmed during lockdown. It was during three lockdown. three one hour programs on BBC iPlayer um, through BBC Two Wales and BBC Four. And yeah, we started planning it end of. 2019 right hoping to film it beginning of 2020 um and then lockdown came so it was delayed till i think about june um and television work was allowed to continue during lockdown so Uh, okay we could travel around wales with social distancing in our own separate cars um and with masks on so yeah we filmed three hour-long programs the story of Welsh art, and um, it was interesting for me because yeah, I hadn't done um, anything like this before. I am not an art expert. Yeah, um, I like art, of course. Who doesn't? But um, I had an interest in in Welsh art um, through growing up in a house with some Welsh art in it, you know. And yeah, um, oh, another train there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a chat. Sorry, your was, your father was mainly into kind of poetry and written art. Was was that the case? Yeah, yeah. Literature was my dad's yeah. thing, and um, he kind of dedicated his life to well, literature from Wales in English. Really, was his speciality right, and his okay. passion. Yeah, um, you know, he believed in Wales and its writers, and wanted writers in English from Wales to succeed. And to right. have a bigger platform, and so that was his speciality and his um, uh, passion, really. So yeah, he wrote over 150 books and, and edited oh, wow. over, over 150 books. Um, yeah, include you know, um, and it wasn't just about writers from Wales. He was interested in writing from all over the world. Um, but yeah, that was big part of my growing up then so my you know the house where I was growing up was full of books but also yeah. he liked art as well of course so we had some lovely art pieces on the wall and so I knew about some of these artists and my dad would tell me about them so to do the program was you know I learned a lot um people tell me oh we learned a lot watching the program a lot yeah, about Wales and a lot about the history and I was like, yeah and that's what I'd say as well is like literally I learned so much making it because yeah. um it was um, really well researched, of course. There were some great directors and researchers on it. Um, and it's important because, you know, we're not always taught about these things in school. Um, no, and, 
art is often seen as it's a bit like music sometimes sometimes it's seen as like being like a creative you know hobby for some people and it's nice yeah. and it's ah oh, yeah it's lovely but you know it's not important no yeah whereas actually it is important i think and music and culture and all of that does play a really important part in people's lives and in countries and in communities doesn't it yeah so. for sure yeah like it um numerous times in in the program and throughout my life and kind of experiences with art like it makes me feel things rather than like the other subjects that we learn in school your maths and your sciences which which give you these facts and and thoughts i guess but not so much feelings and yeah, yeah. yeah it's that's why it's important in in my mind at least absolutely but of course yeah. the danger with how you feel about things is you can't quantify it can you you can't write right. it down and you can't and i guess businesses and governments oh, yeah. can't kind of i mean good ones can they can make you understand the feeling is important and he's you know people need to feel things but yeah it's it's impossible to put your finger on a feeling isn't it yeah how much is it worth yeah which is yeah a sad reality of modern life i guess yeah 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 definitely mm. but even in um i think it was the first episode of um history of welsh art was it the history of welsh art the uh, story, the of story. Art? yeah story of welsh art yeah there was something that was said in it that uh stuck out, stood out to me a lot is art is death and death is art it was one of the things that was said in there which is very deep like we're, <laughs> we're getting straight in there and yeah. uh yeah i think that's what i loved about the program was that we learned a lot about the artists and about Wales through their art. Yeah. Instead of going, you know, this is the story of what happened in Wales. It's like, mm. this is what happened with artists. And artists tell us how we feel. And don't, a bit like musicians. They're yeah, the ones yeah. who reflect back on us how, you know, what's going on in the world and how we feel. And um, and so, yeah, so there was an element of history. Well, it was a big element of history, of course. But instead of going... You know, these were the valleys and they were poor um, and, you know, the, there was poverty everywhere. We go, we follow the story of Cedric Morris, the artist, and he went to work with people in the valleys and, you know, worked with people who had poverty and created some incredible artwork as well with them mm. um, and about them and based on, on where he was. So, yeah, that's what... That's why art is important, I suppose, is because it does tell the story of of what's going on at that space and time. And yeah. um, and the same with, you know, with local music scenes as well. Like they, you know, they might not speak directly about issues that are concerning you, but they're part of a community and circumstance dictates who makes music and who... Mm, yeah gets to play and who gets to do it full time and who gets to record an album and so on and so on um sometimes doesn't it you know it's so, so it's all it's all political uh, i think everything's yeah. political and mm. everything's a, a a produce of that and yeah so art was um was interesting i know you you were telling me that you liked the story of penry williams yeah in merthyr tidville yeah he stood out to me just because like a lot of people in art in general and in the the program even up until that point it seemed like art was kind of the domain of of the upper classes people that could could devote the time to art and still be able to to survive and and make a living kind of thing which was was hard back in the day this was probably 
what at the start of the program 1700s 1800s something yeah. like that but Penn Williams yeah he was he was from Merthyr kind of uh, was a worker in the mines I think and then his his mine uh not mine the um master yeah the master of the mine kind of saw his talent and and made him into an artist or made that a, a viability for him yeah and there was a lot of that kind of um uh, funding of our young artists going on um and I think you know the masters at the time they wanted they realized that well, they had loads of money and yeah. you know some of them were were nice and wanted to invest in local artists and local talent um and wanted to show off their workforce as well and yeah. so um yeah it was amazing going up to Cavartha Castle actually going up to Merthyr Tidville and meeting everybody there and seeing all the artwork that's on the walls and and in the storerooms there as well how yeah, how much incredible art of that time there was. And when you see the ironworks and what Merthyr Tidville was, yeah, it's like insane, you know. There's no way else like it in the world, I don't think, at the time, where oh, there was yeah. just comp- just full-on industry and everything based around it. Um, and the same up in North Wales in Pendryn as well. There were some incredible paintings in the programme of Pendryn Quarry. And, uh, the, you know, the, the the paintings of the workers... Um, no health and safety, obviously. You know, <laughs> yeah. just like people with pickaxes dangling off a cliff. You know, it's like sparks everywhere and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you um. know that that was going on at the time because that was the reality. And the bosses wouldn't let somebody paint something that wasn't real. Yeah, because it would make them look bad. They, they were obviously all right with all of this going on yeah. because they commissioned it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so I saw, and in the program, that's what's great about it is we all see all this incredibly beautiful artwork some of it's dark and some of it tells of you know poverty and of kind of um sad and depressing themes but some of the paintings are beautiful and show whales not just mountains and landscape painting which is beautiful but also ideas about whales like there's a guy um christopher williams the artist Mm -hmm. he's got a few beautiful pieces there's a piece called whales awakening and um it's an incredible picture and, it ha- and it's up on the wall in carnarvon town council offices at the moment and so uh yeah that's you know that was an interesting one as well to see his work yeah um but there's a lot of names and if any- anybody's interested in it and i'm i recommend um a book called the tradition um by peter lord which is uh if you ever need a um a nice christmas present or a birthday present for somebody who likes welsh art get them that if they haven't got it already okay cool. because it's uh yeah it's, it's beautiful it's basically the history of welsh art right amazing and the 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 tv show is still on bbc iplayer right it should probably be on iplayer for a while yeah. i reckon yeah it might Check be up for out. a year or something that's the beauty yeah. of iplayer and stuff like that is but yeah if you're ever bored dear listeners and you don't know what to watch and you've gone through Netflix and you've gone through Amazon Prime and you've gone through Disney Plus or whatever you've got. Yeah. Uh, don't forget about the story of Welsh art on iPlayer. You love it. Yep, I would highly recommend it. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going on from that then as well, you. Um, I'm not sure if this was done in lockdown as well, but your is it a podcast series or radio series? The story of music. The story of welsh music ah yeah um, so yeah that was done during lockdown as well right yeah. the story yeah, of welsh yeah. language music yeah yeah so that was keeping you busy as well like, well you know. to be honest um 
I and Sean Larry were presenting it, but Gareth Potter wrote it, and oh, okay. um, then Working Word, Dan Tight, and Gary John produced it, and so they um, uh, they did a lot of the work, and um, it's a really good uh, podcast. It's see on BBC Sounds, and yeah. it. It's really important, you know, because if you're... I'm a Welsh speaker, so if you're interested in the Welsh language music scene, you sort of know all of this anyway. Um, um, so it's really important for me to be able to do it in English as well. Yeah. Because often, you know, we don't know... The Welsh language scene doesn't know what's happening sometimes in the English language scene and vice versa, and especially mm-hmm. in terms of music history. Um, sometimes it can be frustrating that... We all don't know our own story. So to do this podcast, and they're only about 15, 20-minute episodes. Yeah, nice and short, yeah. Yeah. Um, and each one could have been a lot longer. And there's stories within the podcast, which would be incredible podcasts on their own, like a lot, like a lot of things, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a really interesting one. If, if, you like, if you're interested in the history of Welsh music, then check out... It. It's, it's called The Story of Music, M-I-W-S-I-G. Yeah. The Welsh spelling, the yeah. Welsh spelling of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was glad that you kind of bridged that gap between the Welsh and the English um, in terms of the history of Welsh music because I'm not a Welsh speaker at the moment. Yeah, I'm trying. Don't right. get me wrong. I'm on a 217-day Duolingo streak. Oh, so die I'm, am, die I'm, am. Oh, Don't speak Welsh now. Don't embarrass me on the podcast. <laughs> I <can say> die <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like like you were saying, it's almost like a. I'm, I'm a proud Welshman. I'm proud to be Welsh. I'm proud of the country and everything that it stands for. But it's it's like a sense of shame almost that I I don't speak the language yet and that that I can't quite tap into that yet. And mm-hmm. I I feel that's that's I'm not alone in that. I feel that's kind of a, a shared feeling, especially in South Wales, where where the language isn't as much emphasised. But you were taught it in school, though. I was. But, and this might be my school, it was almost a, a joke subject. It was just a, a doss about subject that nobody took seriously. It was, you don't need to speak Welsh, nobody speaks Welsh, why are we even learning Welsh? And now later on in life, I come back and realise the importance of it, that it, it, it is, it could be, it should be my language and that I should have given it more time. But Well, it's your, well I mean, I think it's your language whether you speak it or not, you know, right, because, yeah. because you're Welsh, um, because you live here... Um, so it is your language and, and I think you know everybody you know you can't help what you know and what you don't know you know yeah. I mean I wish I'd have learned maths better at school than I actually yeah. did because I was absolutely terrible at it um I just so happened to have been brought up in a well-speaking family you know my dad was from Pontypridd and wasn't a Welsh speaker and then he learned it when he was in his early 20s oh did he met my mum yeah who was a fluent Welsh speaker from Aberystwyth and then they both brought us up me and my sisters up speaking Welsh in Cardiff then so yeah um so you know I've got um a lot of Welsh speaking friends got a lot of English speaking friends that you know yeah it's it's it's, it's a tricky one isn't it because it's when you're in school, I understand that mentality of, well, why would I bother doing Welsh? Because, yeah. you know, every the whole world speaks English. Exactly. But then you could say the same about, you know, French or Spanish. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they could say the whole world speaks English as well. And it's about, it's about where you're based and what you want to do with your life and the, just about the culture, really. Somebody described it beautifully as... The moment they started learning Welsh, they could see 
TV in colour rather than in black and white. Right. I was talking to another learner in from Swansea recently who said that she started learning Welsh and suddenly like road signs make complete sense to her road signs she grew up with words that she grew up with which she didn't understand at all she's like oh of course that means that yeah yeah that's fine you know (laughs) Um, so yeah it's a personal thing as well language because uh, you know it's it's in your head isn't it it's on the tip of your tongue it's like Mm -hmm. the most personal thing you're ever going to get probably yeah of course yeah yeah and the the link being in my mind between um, the Story of Music podcast we were just talking about and what we're talking about now is that in one of the first few episodes there was that movement in the 60s maybe of, of people kind of going to prison to to ensure the, what was it, not the genuity, the the like the stamp of authenticity of the Welsh language in Wales uh-huh. um, where they would like paint the Welsh onto to road signs and stuff. Um, yeah, like it meant so much to them that that Welsh was recognised. Well, it was really important, yeah, and it was in a it was in an era of protest around the world where people were standing up for their rights, and they were going looking at governments and going, "Well, they don't talk for us, you know." Mm. And it, it happens all the time. It happens. It's happening now, and it's happening all yeah. over the world where people are looking at governments and going, "Well, actually, how can we make this fairer, and how can we?" represent our lives and make it legal and so yeah. that's you know so that those protests from the beginnings of the welsh language society uh, in the 60s um it was a movement and you know thanks to them um the the welsh language got legal status in wales and simple things like you know you could do your marriage vows in welsh um, yeah and birth and death certificates could be written in the language that the family spoke. Um, and, you know, the fact that you had to fight for these things still uh, are, um, it's kind of insane, really. But Yeah, just take it for granted now. Yeah, well, yeah. But, of course, you can't take it for granted because you could get taken away at any, yeah. any minute, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there's always, you know, that's why, you know... Uh, standing up for things that you believe in is so important isn't it because your little thing can have a big impact and make it fairer for a lot more people yeah 100 percent. yeah so linking what we're talking there about protest and standing up for what we believe in and stuff and your long career at the bbc do you ever feel i don't know if censored is the right word or like were you always able to kind of share the things that you believed in and wanted to stand up for while at the BBC because obviously it's a, it's a, a, a national kind of public corporation mm-hmm. do you how well, did you feel about your days there I say like it's a past tense you're still there now but yeah like, I'm still an employee of yeah. the British Broadcasting Corporation <laughs> and uh, we're very impartial you know impartiality is like a big part of yeah of the BBC and so and, I, and I've always learned that and I've always had that in 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 me so i've because it's my job i've i've had to uh be impartial uh yeah you know in terms and you know like you might go somebody might go on facebook and say i'm voting for so and so as my local candidate i i'm not going to do that because i don't want to i can't show bias towards a political party yeah or be for a political candidate or whatever and so um yeah so you know that's that's fine that's the job 
Yeah. And I understand that, you know, the BBC has to be all things to all people. Um, yeah. That's not to say that I don't have beliefs and that I no, don't have strong yeah. opinions and that I don't, you know, vote or yeah. uh, sign petitions or whatever um, for things that I believe in or go on marches or protests or, you know, for things because, you know, I'm human and I've yeah. got, of course, I've got beliefs in things like everybody. So, yeah, that's just part of the job. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is it um is it harder at all at the moment where where things are so kind of hmm. not riotous but there's so many protests everywhere and like people seem to be divided on a lot of different issues like is it a, a struggle ever to maintain impartiality or or is it kind of just part of the job like you say? Um yeah, it's 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 just it's just part of the job, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean you know, I know there's a lot to get angry about, and I know there's mm. a lot to worry about. Um, but me tweeting about stuff isn't going to make it happen and make yeah. it go away. You know, um, and so and I've learned that. And um, and you know, I'm lucky that I work in music and I work with music. And music for me is like kind of a um, oh, music's music, isn't it? It's all things to all people, and yeah. there's no. You know, I, although I said earlier that everything's political, I believe that you know there is politics involved to everything. But there's music is an escapism, and music is um, it's a positive thing as well. I think yeah. if you're into mm-hmm. if you're into music, you're you're into it for the creative side, and you're into it for the community side, and you're into it for why you know why you like a song and things like that it's a positive thing more mm-hmm. than anything else so i've kind of tried to concentrate on that yeah yeah for sure i <laughs> i um i'm almost jealous that yeah that you you kind of that's your day-to-day job like that's that's your life kind of thing that's music uh, hopefully i can build it as well yes yeah, oh yeah i mean privilege. i've been really lucky you know having a job which has taken me to do radio things and you know yeah. i want to do radio from a really young age and um yeah been lucky to do it for a long time yeah a long time you uh, i think it's well known that you were the the youngest radio one dj yeah, when you started right. working yeah that's 17 right. was it uh, yeah i think i still hold that record i'm sure yeah. that's probably going to change at some point but that's fine <laughs> you'll allow it <laughs> <laughs> i'm 40 now so you know it was a long time ago yeah that's a long standing record i'm play. nearly 40 anyway at the time of recording yeah yeah i uh i was speaking to sam actually sam dad from from the pub Yes. Apparently, you came to La Pub just after you heard the news that you were you were kind of working at Radio One, right? You came to like celebrate. Well, the problem is, it's so long ago. I don't remember now. But yeah, <laughs> I think me and Beth Elvin would have come to La Pub. Yeah, yeah. To, um, I mean, Beth was brilliant because she'd like show me where all the gigs were happening, and we'd go to TJ's as well to yeah, see yeah. gigs and stuff, of course, in Newport. Um, but the last time I was in Le Pub was, I think it was 20, it have been 2018 or maybe 2019, um, and pulled apart by Horses were playing. Yeah, yeah, and so, I was there, amazing night. Oh, were you there night game? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great, wasn't it? And um, yeah, we had a great night, and then Charlie from Busted was in, do you remember? Yeah, 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 I think yeah. he was recording nearby, wasn't he? I don't know why he was there, I remember him being there though, yeah. Yeah. And then Sam Dab said, go and have a photo. Come on, let's get in the photo booth. <laughs> yeah. and she pulled me into the photo booth with Charlie from Busted. <laughs> we had a great time. Twice night, yeah, yeah. And um, obviously you're heavily involved in the, the Cardiff music scene as well with your involvement in the, the Soon Festival. Yeah. That, how, 
how is that at the moment with with live music being as it is? Do, well, I sh- I'm not involved with Soon Festival anymore. Club Bach runs soon. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So me and John Roston started it about oh god, I don't remember how long ago it was now. Over ten years ago. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, we started it, and then we handed the reins over. Well, I left, and then John handed the reins over to Club Bach, who were running it. And, you know, in the events that they did, run a, do a fantastic job in running it. And we were so happy that the festival would continue and that a proper grassroots music venue would run it, who understood what the festival was and who understood what Cardiff is. And, you know, so, yeah, I think obviously with COVID, it's been a horrible time for everybody. And, you know, festivals like Soon... Um, of course, are going to be struck because it's not even like it's a festival in a field where you can have no social exactly. distancing. You're in tiny little packed venues yeah. and rooms and rooms turned into venues and whatnot. And that's the charm and that's the beauty of it is that yeah. it is packed and small and uh, it's all across the city. So it's going to be tough, I think, to see. I mean, I know Great Escape have gone digital again this year in Brighton. Yeah. Um, and South by Southwest, and, you know, soon was kind of based on those, really, those those ideas. But we wanted a festival that was about Cardiff, uh, from Cardiff, that had um, a strong uh, Welsh language lineup as well. We wanted all genres covered. Yeah. So, yeah, and it changed a little bit every year, soon festival. Um, sometimes we'd have big gigs in Cardiff University. Um, sometimes we'd have, like, uh, comedy or literature involved one year and then it wouldn't happen the following year for various reasons so yeah. we learned on the job really and just kind of changed it a little bit every year but yeah really proud of course of soon festival yeah um, it's a fantastic weekend for for anyone who hasn't been and experienced it it is yeah it's the if like me i always kind of dreamt of going to south by southwest like it sounds absolutely amazing and soon is the closest thing you can get to i would say in this country obviously there's great escape as well there are similar things but soon yeah just stands out it's amazing yeah it was always good and um it was all about the lineup every year really you know it was all about local promoters coming on board to help out with picking lineups for the trainer um <laughs> and making it happen um but yeah so yeah i'm sure it'll be back and yeah do you know if they're going online this year at all i or don't you know I, no. I don't want to talk on their behalf yeah yeah I, hope, I I I don't know if they are to be honest. I'm not, I'm not sure if it would work for soon going online. I think because Great yeah. Escape and South by Southwest is more of an well not more but it's a big industry thing as well. True. Um, yeah. And lots of different countries involved. Um, whereas soon tends to be a big strong Welsh lineup. Um, and I know Focus Wales did some digital stuff this last time they had at a festival. Yeah. So. I just hope everything, you know, can get back to normal and I hope venues like Le Pub and Club and so on can have people in them who don't have to socially distance. Yeah, me because too. Because that's their livelihood, isn't it? And that's the only way vent small venues can work. I mean, you can social distance in the O2, of course. I mean, even yeah. they would struggle eventually making up the money. Mm-hmm. But for small venues, you can really see the danger, can't you? Oh yeah, literally. We'll have to cram as many people as is legally allowed in on on a good day, just to break even. You know what I mean? Like it's not like we're mm. we're making money hand over fist before the pandemic, let alone having to social distance and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's tough. What what um 
what are your thoughts on the the kind of live streamed festivals and gigs? Have you watched many, participated in many over lockdown? Are you a fan or? I have seen a few, and I think yeah. um, I think they're only happening, aren't they? Because the, the live human event can't happen. Of course, yeah, it's a it'll second never be, best. It's the second best, but it'll, it'll mm. never be the same as going to a proper gig. Um, and so I've dipped into some, yeah, of course, the Focus Wales ones and, and things. But I couldn't throw myself into um, into some of them the way I wanted to. Just because, I don't know, after the year we've had, uh, you know, it's affected the industry so badly. And I, I would only just go to gigs, you know. I mean, I yeah. put on a monthly night in London at the social. That came to mm. an end in COVID and probably won't happen again. Um, but that's, you know, that's my decision. But, yeah, I just... I understand that it's important for the artist to have somewhere to play. And I, I love the idea of, you know, going, uh, tuning in to watch a live stream of a band that I like. But in terms of the festival, it's been, yeah, it's been a weird one. I've been in a, in a weird place with it. So mm. I'm not slagging it off. I think it's brilliant that it's happening. No, of course. But um, I think uh, personally, I couldn't throw, throw myself into it yeah. the way I wanted to. I know exactly what you mean. It's like you were just saying that music is like an escape almost and live music is that kind of to a T. Like it's an absolute escape. I don't think about anything else. I don't look at my phone. Like yeah. for a lot of gigs, I don't even speak to other people. I'm just in it in that moment. But whereas a stream, like you're still there, like an email might come in or yeah. someone might knock on the door and you're just like, ah. Oh. And you're just at home, and you? And you're looking, yeah. at, you're looking at the pile of washing and you're looking at... <laughs> I should be doing that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you know, little distractions. So it's um, it's just been a massive change for anybody who liked going to gigs and who worked at gigs, isn't it? It's been such mm. a horrific year. People have lost their jobs and, you know, all that expertise is kind of on hold. Um, I just hope that it can all sort of get back at some point. I don't know when that, you know, I've got no, no. predictions or anything. No, me neither. I'm feeling, for the first time, kind of optimistic, mind. We Good. we opened the pub for the first time after this lockdown just last night. Yes. So that was, I'm feeling pretty tired, man. I've got to be honest. Like, it was, I haven't I haven't seen past midnight in, in months. So that was, it was a strange one. But it was great just to have people there and open the doors and... Yeah, nice, we're, nice. we're getting somewhere. We're finally opening up. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then, so kind of swinging again from soon to another festival in Wales. It's funny, just before you came online, I was watching um, your Guide to Green Man on oh, YouTube. Yeah. Obviously, Green Man we have in Wales, which yeah. is a, a huge kind of title, I guess we could we could say. Um yeah. yeah, and I it made me miss it so much watching that video. Oh, were you a big green manner? Yeah, I've been the last three or four years. We usually go with a few people from the pub doing. Um, we do a stall for help refugees, okay. selling the choose love stuff. So yeah. we get in that way, and then kind of when we're not on the stall, we go and watch as as many people as we possibly can, kind of thing. Brilliant! Yeah, it's a spectacular festival, isn't it? And, it's so uh, good. It's completely independent, you know, and. Um, They've worked really hard on, on building it up, and uh, it's in a beautiful part of Wales. Mm. The lineup's always really interesting, and 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I missed that a lot last couple of years as well. Yeah, well, I missed the year. feel of the place as well, like the the culture, I guess you could say, and just like the the people that go there are just so nice, and it's just it's like the the biggest family in the world for a weekend. You know what I mean? Well, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> I should sell them that. <laughs> just put it on the website. Yeah. Although, would you want a family as big as that? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Would you a want big family anyway? Ten thousand people rocking up to your family party. It's a, it's <laughs> to, a lot of, to your Christmas. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? That? It's a lot of <laughs> lot of pressure. <laughs> true, very, very true. So, going to to mu- well, we haven't really left music, but I wanted to kind of tap into the mind of Hugh Stevens a little bit, like uh, paint a picture, if you will, of of what you look for when you hear a song for the first time. So, mm-hmm. so someone someone at Radio 1 comes to you, they hand you a CD or whatever, a, a, an iPad, and, and they say, oh, check out this band. So you're, you're putting on your headphones mm-hmm. and you're sitting down, you're having a listen. Like, what do you look for? Is it like a feeling? Is it... I suppose it is a feeling. I mean, yeah. I've never been able to put my finger on what, what I like because, you know, my job's always been to... Um, showcase and to reflect what's going on and to kind mm-hmm. of bring loads of bits together so i've always found it very hard and to describe what i like about music i mean you know my music collection is like everybody's you know it's varied and it's got all sorts of genres and bits and bobs in it it's got electronica it's got um country it's got uh, a little bit of reggae a little bit of folk little bit of metal um you know kind of all sitting side by side and so i suppose the thing i look for is well i'm not looking for anything that's the truth i'm not actually yeah. looking for anything <laughs> in the in the you know i'm not a music maker music is is made and people musicians make music because they love it and because they're the masters at it um and i'm just happy to showcase stuff that i love so i suppose if what I what I enjoy in music is a bit of a surprise, uh, but also at the same time something that sounds really natural, and right. something that sounds uh, as as confident as it wants to within its own remit of music. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and yeah. so, um, you know. There's, uh, I mean, there's so much music made, and you know, we'll we'll only hear a percentage of it um, in our lifetime. Um, but you know, I mean, my focus has been on a lot of Welsh music, and I do two shows in the Welsh language on yeah, BBC yeah. Radio Cymru every week. So that's been a big focus as well. So I'm always looking for interesting things and interesting voices from that scene. Um, but also, you know, I love. Or music, so yeah. um, I got to choose four albums recently for Tim's Twitter listening parties. Oh, nice! And yeah. um, I went for Georgia Ruth and her beautiful album My. I went for Cowan right. Ellis and the Rio Eighteen, which he recorded out in Brazil. Oh, right. um, and then I did High Contrasts latest album. Um, all of these Welsh, of course. That's the theme yeah. so far. And then Daedalus, who's an LA-based or Boston-based now um, electronic music producer. Oh, I don't know them. He's like he's mates with. Um, they mates with uh, Flying Lotus and right, okay. it's from that scene of yeah, yeah. low end theory, LA beat makers, Mad Lib and all of that. Right. Um, that and great. Daedalus 
has connections with Wales as well. So anyway, those were the four records. And I suppose, you know, the yeah, the, the thing that ties them all together uh, is that they all sound confident and, you know, um, when I say confident, I don't mean like brash and like bossy and kind of, hey, look, I don't mean Kasabian, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I mean confident, I mean... Happy in their own musical skin, I suppose. Yeah, like um, they're enjoying it themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and something surprising again, you know, something that, you know, there's like, I love an indie rock band as much as the next person. Yeah. But sometimes you can get a bit bored of that, you know, and if you, you need something that stands out to make it a little bit more interesting. And I think the more music you hear, the more, it, uh, the more niche your taste's gonna get, I suppose, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I guess so. You know, I mean, you've been listening to music for what twenty years or something now, have you? Yeah, twenty odd years, twenty five, maybe. Like that. Yeah. So you're yeah. collect your what you're into now is probably quite different from what what when you started liking music, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've said on this podcast, my first ever gig was Nickelback, Amazing. Um, and I'm still you say it's changed no i still love nickelback so <laughs> it hasn't changed from then but yeah well like some people have the coolest first records and first cds that they bought my first cd that i ever bought was a single of cartoons remember them they were there's some novelty band called okay. cartoons no i don't i can't no. even remember the song it was that one and then Barbie Girl by Aqua. Oh, they were yeah. my first two I had that CD, on CD single as well, actually. Yeah. Where did you see Nickelback, by the way? Uh, in the arena in Cardiff. Right. The, the CIA, as it was then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chad Kroger. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Um, who's he engaged to? Uh, Avril Lavigne, is it? Avril Lavigne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. I don't think they're together anymore, are they? I don't think so. I don't think no. so. But yeah, for a while they were Rock's power couple. Yeah, yeah and it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. No, I mean it's yeah. It's those gigs are like that'll stay with you forever. That gig, wouldn't it? That oh, Nickelback yeah. one. Yeah, like, it really will. I remember it all of it. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's lovely. You know, like those first CD singles and stuff, and first tracks that I suppose in twenty years from now. Kids will be like, oh, first TikTok video that I remember watching and, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know first know, live yeah. stream that we remember watching from <laughs> yeah. wherever it was. But um, yeah. First SoundCloud rapper. Well, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. And, you know, like, it's a, it's a sign of just things changing, isn't it? Like, I'm glad kids won't have to spend 20 quid on a CD uh, yeah, in a shop anymore buy it off a merch table of course that's different because exactly. the money goes mm-hmm. straight to the bands but um, I, I'm you know like TikTok and SoundCloud and YouTube and stuff like that's that's quite I, I think it's great you know music's everywhere now isn't it? you don't have to Whatever wait it gets yeah gets it to the masses I guess yeah yeah mm. yeah it's funny you said about the merch table like I always I feel almost like proud of myself that I could support bands in that way. Like, I love being able to, to buy a T-shirt or whatever and support the band. I feel like, yes, good. Good job done. On on, on a similar scale, is there... Because you've obviously supported bands in so many ways over the years, like giving them platform, like you were saying, and, and playing them on the radio. Is there anyone that stands out that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm proud that I was able to work with those guys. I'm proud that I was able to 
to see them to where they are today? Is there anyone that... Well, I don't know, because I've always thought radio uh, play always kind of... It's like part of that big jigsaw of um, of an art, what an artist needs, you know. So I've yeah. never been there going, hey, I'm going to make you a star. <laughs> and if I have said that to anybody, it's never, it's never worked. Sure. <laughs> or, you know, if bands think, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be massive. And it's like, you know, you don't hear from them ever again, which is fine. Um, but no, I mean... It's just it's just weird when you see it. Not weird. It's just... I remember when Goldie Looking Chain blew up, and I'm not just yeah. talking this because of Newport. I remember yeah. when Goldie Looking Chain blew up and, like, had a top ten hit and we are on the main stage at Reading and stuff. It's like, I never thought that would happen. That's fantastic. No, not a million you know? years. Um, yeah. And, I mean, more recently, you know, Arlo Parks' success has been brilliant to see, only because she's fantastic and yeah. she's the real deal. And we were playing her through BBC Introducing really early on. Um, and I loved her music and we booked her for the introducing stage at a big weekend or Glastonbury, I think it was. And so to see her like nominated for three Brit Awards and be Amazing. signed to an independent label, which is transgressive. I mean, it's a big independent label, but it's an independent label. That's amazing. Seeing like the 1975 become one of the world's biggest bands has been amazing yeah. as well, because there was a time when nobody else would play them on Radio 1. And it's like, I thought they were great. I thought those early singles were like, you know, chocolate and stuff like that. Um, were just chocolate was and amazing. sex, you know, like yeah, big, yeah. big hits. But nobody else would play them, so I was very happy to get them into session. And um, and but you can never, I can never guess, you know, who would be million sellers, million selling records, um, a million record selling band or whatever, mm -hmm. or. Um, I remember playing Little Sims really early on. Yeah, yeah. And so it's more just kind of, it's not a su surprise with people like Little Sims. It's like, oh my God, finally the world's catching on. She's on Jules Holland, you know. Yeah. The, the new video's incredible and new song's incredible. You just want artists to have, and you want new artists to have as much, or just have the respect that they deserve, I think. And it's mm -hmm. the same in Wales as well, you know. If a band's poured their heart and soul into an album, you want that album to be heard. You don't yeah, want it just to be released and, and to a small group of their fans only. You want everyone to hear it. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why Adam Walton and Beth Elvin on Radio Wales and Radio Cymru and those shows, they're really important in terms of spreading all of that out. Um, and that's why venues are really important um, because... You don't want them to be just like little drops in the ocean forgotten about. They, you know, they're really important. And yeah. someone out there is going to love them. Mm -hmm. Maybe more than you even, but that's fine, you know. You can't love everything, can you? But you can like <laughs> stuff. You can yeah. respect stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Funny you brought up Little Sims as well, because she kind of repaid your your um, pushing of her with name-checking you in Wings, her song. She did. That must have been surreal. That must have been a great moment. That was. It was. And um, I remember I was with a friend at Glastonbury uh, last time it happened, and we went to see Little Sims. I was going, oh, she's going to do the song in a minute, which name-checks me. <laughs> and she didn't do it. She oh, didn't, she did, she's dropped Wings from the set. and um, <sighs> But, yes, yeah, I think the line's something like, da -da 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 -da, but you will, and I don't know if you're going to play it, but you will. Yeah, cause, yeah, yeah. Because at the time I was the only one playing Little Sims um, on, crazy. On, on BBC Radio. <laughs> so, um, 
but you know that's that was my job as well you know that that's, yeah. that's been that's why i'm so lucky to have that as a job for, like i did for so long where your job is to play new artists it's like wow that's, yeah. you know that's a it's a real luxury that is and it was yeah. a real like i was really it was a big responsibility as well so um i always took that you know nobody ever said oh you shouldn't play this or you should play that so i always took it really seriously right and, yeah um, always kind of try to play artists that I thought people would like but also surprising bits and bobs as well because people yeah. like those things you know people remember those things course, and that's yeah. the strength of the BBC isn't it is that we could we could do stuff like that we could surprise people yeah and how much kind of is is your choice to play because I know on on Radio 1 they have like the A list and the B list and the, the C list of songs that get played on rotation kind of thing did yeah. you have because obviously, if if you're bringing new music, you have to find it. Did you have kind of more more freedom to yeah. to play what you wanted then? So that playlist, well, when I was there, the playlist was on from morning till till Annie Mac at six. Oh, okay. And then nighttime, it would all change, and it would be a collaboration between presenters and producers. Oh, and then right. the later on, shows like um, Benji B or. Yeah. Uh, drum and bass show or whatever was pretty much all the DJ's choice then oh, okay. and it was the same on my show in the night it was a collaboration between me and the producer yeah or producers um, and the introducing show I did was all music through introducing through BBC introducing so it was right. all unsigned stuff it was an hour and a half I knew my time was coming to an end on Radio 1 when they said the show would be an hour and a half there's no <laughs> shows that were an hour and a half um, so yeah 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 so um that's 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 how it works but yeah. then it, it varies from station to station i think and it varies from sh- from daytime to nighttime shows as well like obviously giles peterson for example on six music chooses you know that's his show and yeah oh, it's all his choice of music then yeah yeah fair enough that's cool i didn't know that it was that the playlist was only up until six and then you got to yeah to choose your stuff yeah it is yeah because it's still, I mean, it's the, it's the, they used to call it nighttime radio, like specialist radio. Right, um, okay. Where it was a bit deeper and it was a bit more connected to gigs or to uh, um, club nights or festivals. Right. You know, a bit more music, it is more music focused, isn't it? You're not going to have, Yeah. at least traditionally it has been anyway. True, yeah, it's not just someone driving home from work, I guess, after that time. It's someone who's specifically tuning in to... Yeah. To hear what you've got to to say or to play, yeah. Yeah. How does it work with um, like guest presenters, like Iggy Pop and Killian Murphy and people Ooh, like that? Do they curate their own stuff? Yeah, or? I think they do actually. I yeah. think they they're asked to curate everything themselves. I mean, That's cool. I think producers might suggest things and help out with find you know finding bits and bobs of music, but. Yeah, I think most. Yeah, no, it's them. It's them. That's cool. Because it's yeah, their like name it. on the, on, on the, the tin. On the tin. Yeah. <laughs> so wrapping things up then, um, we're we're trying to do a thing called the Lapod Listing Post. Uh-huh. So we've got a Spotify playlist, and we add things that we like and of guests that we have on and things. Okay. But then when we have a guest on, we like to ask them either what they're listening to right now that they would like to be added to, to the listening post Ooh, or, okay. or an up-and-coming artist that they would like to be on the post. So, so what would your inclusion to the listening post be? Okay. 
Oh, you didn't give me prior warning of this. I didn't, so and I should have. No, no, it's, it's good, be... it's good. But yeah. I'm saying it's good, so this is real, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm just looking at my uh, recently played. Um, and, Mark, do you want to really know what some of my most recently played? Yeah, let's hear it. Go on. Best of the Eurythmics. Oh, class. Because <laughs> <laughs> it struck me that Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart don't get the credit deserved for weird 80s electronic synth music. And I was listening True. to some of their, like when you go, well, actually it's not the best of, it's, it's their album Touch. And when you skip through the singles, like the album tracks are really weird on there yeah. and really good. Uh, A Tribe Called Quest, I listened to oh, the Low nice. End Theory as I was oh, wandering around album. the other night. Yeah, yeah. I listened to the new Ben Howard album the other day. Oh, okay. Uh, because I didn't realise it was out and... Um, it's really good. It's different yeah. to what he's done before. Um, here's a Phil uh, Phil Taggart Slacker podcast. Another good oh, podcast. Nice. Yeah, where he yeah. interviewed Moby. I enjoyed that one. But the one I'd like to add then to your listening post is okay. an album by For Those I Love. For Those I Love. And this Aaron is an, cool. uh, an artist from Dublin, Ireland who made an album for a friend of his that he, who passed away right. um, and who died by suicide. And Wait, um, I have heard of these. Is there a link with the murder capital and these yes, guys? Yes, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, right. it's the same friend, I believe. Right, um, okay, yeah. And I love the murder capital as well. Yeah, yeah. Their album is incredible. But this album came out and I think, it, you know, it got like incredible reviews it was like five out of five ten out of ten yeah and a friend of mine in ireland passed over and it's i listened to it in the car actually and in one sitting and it's a really emotional moving um club album so oh, okay. you, you expect it you know when i say emotional moving i guess you're thinking you know it might be acoustic or kind yeah. of mm-hmm. Nick cave-esque but actually it's it's influenced by the streets and wow. by club music and it's yeah it's just a really personal incredible album so that's the one that's had the biggest impact on me so for those i love perfect yeah i'll happily add that to both the listening post and my own listening so nice one thank you for that happy days thank you ben well um we'll pretty much end it there then i guess i always kind of give people an opportunity to push where they can find out more about you and and what you have going on is there anything you'd like to well, to say to the people to check I, out or what should I push well push the story yeah. of Welsh art on iPlayer yeah cool. uh, it was worth it it was worth a watch and um and my Thursday night BBC Radio Cymru show which goes out half six till nine where Great. it's in the Welsh language but we play music of all kinds so uh Hopefully some of you listeners can have a listen to that and see what they think. Definitely. Amazing. Thank you so much, Hugh. Great. Well, hey, um, it's nice to soon. catch up with you, Ben. Thanks a lot for oh, your time. No worries. Cheers, man. See, see, you, in you, the, see you in the pub. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether it's a gig or not, we'll reserve you a table. Oh, <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Take care. Nice one.